welcome to series two of the Confidence Fighter for Girls. My name's Myrtle and in this series we're going to be discussing difference, confidence, women in tech and much more. Stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Hello, and this week I'm delighted to welcome Natasha Eels, who is the founder and CEO of Bold Voices. Tash, I'm going to launch right into it and ask you, there has been a lot of press coverage regarding a web- the website Everyone's Invited, where lots of school-aged children have been talking about issues of sexual violence and sexual harassment. Is it at their schools? And the question really is, what can we do about it? Because it's all well and good talking about what's happening, but how are we going to try and solve this problem and where do we start with that? That is a really excellent question to start with, Marty. And and I think at Bold Voices, the place where we start is with education. It's with talking about these issues. It's about learning about them, what they look like and how they might affect us, how they might affect our friends and our family and the people around us. Um, and then really understanding ways that we can challenge and we can tackle those problems. Um, and long term, you know, we have to be talking about these conversations every day. We have to be talking about them in class. We have to be talking about them at home. And, and education is really where we start with those conversations. Before we deep uh, dig any deeper, can you tell me the difference between sexual harassment and sexual violence? Yeah, absolutely. So sexual violence as a as a kind of umbrella term, a big term, is what is when something happens to our bodies that we are uncomfortable with. And that can be lots of things. It can be somebody touching our bodies when we don't want them to. It can be somebody staring at our bodies that makes us feel uncomfortable. It can be someone making comments about our bodies and uh, or saying something inappropriate that makes us uncomfortable. And and this can be both in person and it can also be online as well. It could also be via a text message. It could be on a social media platform. Um, It doesn't just have to be in person um, for it to have that effect on us and and to make us feel uncomfortable. And and these are all different forms of sexual violence. And it's really important to understand that sexual violence is a scale. It's a really big scale. And sexual harassment sits at one end of that scale. Um, And often when we experience sexual harassment, we might not think that it's a very big deal. For example, it might be that you're walking down the street with a friend uh, and and there's a car that slows down and it beeps at you and maybe someone who's driving the car sort of shouts something at you or whistles at you. And it might not seem like a very big deal. It might seem like something that's a bit small, but actually that's a form of, of sexual harassment and it can leave you feeling, feeling threatened, feeling scared um, and really feeling like you're your body is an object and it's being treated as an object rather than you being treated as a human being. Um, and, you know, so sexual harassment can start with those things that can seem small, but actually um, sit on this scale and, and lead up to things that are more extreme, like being kissed when you don't want to be or when you aren't ready to be kissed. Um, it can be someone touching you when you don't want them to touch you. And really, you know, whenever two people hug or kiss or hold hands it has to be fun and comfortable for both people both people have to actively want that to happen and unfortunately there are lots of times when that 
isn't the case and where one person feels like they don't have the option to say no and um, they they might feel uncomfortable or scared um, and so they experience something that feels like violence to them. If this ever happened to someone what would you what would be your advice um, for someone online and in person? Absolutely so of course it depends on the situation and I think the first thing to say to everybody is that you always have to prioritize your safety first. So, you know, we talk a lot and we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit today about how you can challenge and how you can call out some of these behaviors. But first of all, you have to make sure that you are safe. And if you don't feel safe to call out or challenge somebody, then then that's absolutely fine. Your, your safety comes first. And, and, you know, being able to know that there are people in your life who you trust that you can go to to say um this happened to me and I feel unsafe or this happened to me and it made me feel uncomfortable is really important and that could be a lot of people in your life it could be it could be your mom or your dad of course it could also be an older brother or sister it could be your teacher um there are lots of people who you can go to to say this has happened to me and to let them know um and hopefully you know they will then be able to support you in in how you want to um talk about it and how you want to move forwards from it. Um, but I also think, you know, we should talk a little bit about how you can practice calling out something when somebody says something to you that you don't like. Um, I think a good way to start is to say, I'm not sure that you meant it in this way, but what you've said made me feel and then explain how it made you feel. You can say it made me feel uncomfortable. It made me feel um it made me feel a little bit unsafe, you know, and I'm sure you didn't mean to make me feel that way, but but that's the impact that it had. I think learning to challenge people is really difficult. Um, and one way that we can um, get better at it is firstly by practicing doing it, but also by supporting each other. So when you see that your friend has experienced something and maybe they've um, maybe they've challenged it, you know, support them, back them up, say, yeah, that wasn't okay. Like I saw that. Um, and I can see that you weren't feeling very comfortable about that, you know, support them, support each other. It's so, so important. What if I saw this happen to someone and they weren't brave enough to speak up, what would I do? So I think one thing that's really good to do is to let that person know that you are there for them in that immediate situation. You know, um, often we talk about uh, going up to that person and, and giving them, you know, letting them know that you're there, speaking to them, engaging with them. If they look uncomfortable in that situation, let them know that they're not alone. And that is just as simple as walking up to them and saying, you know, hi, Myrtle, um, how are you doing today? Like, are you OK? And just let them know that they're, they're not alone. Um it's also important to remember that not everybody wants to wants to tell somebody what happened. But if you've seen it happen, you can say to them, look, I can see that that made you uncomfortable. And I just want to let you know that I'm here for you. Um, and I think that, you know, you should tell somebody, um, someone, you should tell a teacher, you should tell your parents, and I will help you speak to them if you want to, if you want to tell them that. Um, and, and, you know, you can also, if you see something, if you see something in the playground, if you hear somebody saying something, you can go over and and, and use that language that we've already talked about and say, um, I don't think you intended to say this, but I think the impact of your words was this. What would you do if that person, if you'd seen someone be harassed, what if and if they said, I don't want you to tell anyone, mm. what would you do? That's a really good question. I think 
as you know, you you yourself are a young person. And I think a lot of people listening to this are young people. And you should always feel like you can confide in people as well. Your parents, you know, if something happens at school and a friend says to you, I don't want you to tell anyone, you should still feel like you can you can tell somebody because it's a really big thing to to hold on to something like that and not know what to do about it. And, you know, you you can always share there are no secrets between you and your parents ever you know you can always share those things with with people that you trust and with your parents um, and with your teachers so I think you know they will always then be able to help you with moving forwards from that um, and supporting your friend and what they want to do Um, but as I said you know you should always always it doesn't matter who said to you um, I don't want anyone to know you should always feel like you can talk to your parents about it first Um, and all of your friends should should know that too. You know, you should all know that um, you all have to have people to support you as well. What do you wish you'd told your 11-year-old self about sexual violence? So I think there are a few things. I didn't actually learn about what sexual violence and sexual harassment was until I was a lot older than 11. And, you know, really it was only when I was sort of in... I was like 17, 18, that I really started to understand what these issues were. Um, And so if I could go back to my 11-year-old self, I would want to tell her that your body is your own. You know, your body is beautiful and strong and holy and completely your own. And there were a few experiences when I was a teenager that, that I felt like someone had done something to my body that I... I hadn't wanted them to do, you know, things like having my bum pinched and slapped in the playground and having my bra strap pinged when I started wearing a bra. And those things made me feel uncomfortable, but I didn't feel like I could challenge them or say anything. Um, I didn't realise that a boundary had been crossed. And now I look back and I say, no, that that's not okay. My body is my own and I should have, I should have had control over what happened to it in those situations. Um, and I would have said to myself, you know, it's not normal to feel uncomfortable um, and it's okay to challenge that when that happens and I think the other thing that I would say to my 11 year old self is um, not to tear down other girls Um, other girls around me when you're growing up when you're a teenager will make different choices about their body um, to you they will make different choices about what they wear um, about who they decide to be their girlfriend or be their boyfriend or whatever that might be um, and that's their decision to make. It's not your place to judge them or to talk about them. And actually, when you do do those things, you actually make the world a little bit more unsafe for all women and all girls. Um, and that's, you know, that's just that's not OK. And, and and by talking about other girls in that way, you can contribute to the idea that women are objects and, and that they can be talked about in that way by other people. Why does sexual violence happen? So this is a really big question because there are lots of reasons why sexual violence happens. And unfortunately, it's something that's been happening um, to people, to women and girls particularly, for a very, very long time. For hundreds of years, this has been happening. So it's it's not a new thing. Um, and really, it's been a new thing that we started to challenge it and to call it out and to work towards, you know, completely um, getting rid of it altogether. Um But one of the reasons why it happens is that we live in a world that often treats women and girls as objects um, and as as kind of people to 
um, to exist for the enjoyment of other people as opposed to as human beings in their own right. Um, and, you know, that's something that's being challenged, which is great, but it's still something that we see might be in the in adverts on the TV, it might be in films that we watch, it might be in music videos that we watch. Um, and, and, you know, we take on this message that women and girls are objects to be looked at um, for the pleasure of others. And that's part of the reason why sexual violence happens. Um, and also, I think coming back to this idea of a scale, sexual violence happens because there are small things that aren't challenged that lead to more extreme things. So, for example, the the um, what I told you about walking along the street and being sort of shouted at by someone in a car, that seems like a small thing, um, but it becomes a kind of gateway for something more extreme to happen afterwards. So sexual violence happens because we don't call out the small things and we don't challenge the small things. I think you've already covered most of this question, but when did you first realise what sexual violence was? No, I think this is a great question to come back to because it's really important um, to reflect on when we first realised that something was was not okay. Um, and, and for me, as I said, it, it didn't happen until I was a lot older that I was able to look back and suddenly see that these experiences weren't okay. Um, I think it came with being empowered as a woman as a young woman at university um and and learning that a lot of my friends had experienced the same things that I had done that seemed really small I thought I was the only person experiencing them you know I thought I was the only person who had my bum pinched um or the only person who had my bra um bra strap pinged and actually, once I started talking about it with my friends, I realized that we'd all had these experiences. And that is really, really important because something um, something to learn about when we're talking about sexual violence is that this is not always about the individual experience. This is about the fact that there are so many people across the world who are experiencing these things. So it's a really, really big issue. Um, and it's not about individual people. It's about this big picture. It's happening to everybody. And that's why uh, we have to challenge it. Um, and, and I think a lot of girls, when they're young, feel like they're the only person experiencing it. And so they don't want to talk about it and they don't want to call it out because they think somehow they've done something to invite it. Um, and actually, that's never the case. It's never the fault of somebody who's experiencing these um, these these experiences, experiencing harassment or experiencing violence. It's never, ever your fault. I know we've been talking a lot about girls, but... Um... Does this kind of harassment ever happen to boys as well? Yes, absolutely it does. And that's a really good point. Um, sexual violence, sexual harassment absolutely also is experienced by boys and by young men and by men as well. Um, and, and it's really important that we don't that we don't only talk about the experiences of girls and women because we also want boys to feel like they can come forwards and say this happened to me um, and, and I'm not comfortable about it you know and I think a lot of boys think that it can't happen to them and so when it does they don't think that they should tell somebody about it or they don't think that they should speak up and of course they um they absolutely should you know this is a problem that we all need to be tackling we all need to be challenging and all need to be aware of it doesn't matter if we're girls or boys um and and you know Moving forward, I really hope it's something that we're trying to do with Bold Voices, which is to get everybody involved in this conversation and to make sure it's not just girls and women who are having this conversation, but boys and men too.
Thank you so much for talking to me today, Tash. Not at all, Myrtle. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Confidence Fighter and you're using Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating and review because this means other young girls can find this podcast more easily. Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.